go in, this, announce, this, announce, little chat with you, crack on, like, I've seen so many directs recently, and it's fine, because I like it, when they announce a game, and they're like, here's five minutes talking to the devs about their inspiration and stuff, and I'm like, I want more reveals, you bastards. And welcome to episode seven of the Go- the Cult Cast. <laughs> this is a terrible intro. Um, we're already really giggly because we've been having a lovely evening, and we've been watching the most recent PlayStation Showcase. Uh, I am your host Nathan Ellensworth. Tonight, I am joined by. Please introduce yourselves and tell us what you do. Uh, first of all, Bella. Uh, hi, I'm Bella Blondo. I do stuff for Lost and Cult. Y'all announced today that I'm I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, writing for the Members Club. I'm going to be doing a lot of essays. And aside from that, I, I do blogging work for Nataku Games, and I have a podcast called Riketto Punchy. Amazing. Oh, yeah. And obviously, congratulations on coming more on board into the Lost and Cult team. Happy to be part of it. I love everything that's going on, so I'm really excited to keep contributing. Lovely. And Jason, tell us about yourself. Um, so I'm Jason Madison. I'm a graphic designer um, and I am technical director at Lost in Court, working mainly on Lockon. I've been here since the beginning and I'm, uh, what would I say? I'm a bit of a Swiss army knife when it comes to Lost in Court. I'm just doing bits and bobs here and there, but I'm a, I work mainly on like, the production design side of things and obviously chatting with you guys. There we go. And did a bit of writing, but there we go. Yeah. And also... <laughs> A very lovely person. I try to be. Just just throw that in. We're all trying uh, at all times. <laughs> so for anyone that hasn't listened to The Last Tangent, which is also now live, which was an episode in which we covered uh, Stephen King. Um, I wasn't on that one, but I have listened to it and it was actually really funny, way funnier than I thought an episode on Stephen King was going to be. Um, <laughs> it was really, really amazing. Uh, but everybody that has missed that, we have now finished our campaign for Lock On Volume 2. And we we finished on, I think, 43,000 English pounds um, or something around there. We were well over a thousand backers. Um, and so that also means that a lot of people are going to be getting access to Steady. So a lot of people are going to be listening to this early. Um, so welcome to all of the new backers and all of the new Steady members. We really appreciate you coming on board and supporting our little dream because um, it's still a little bit unbelievable that we've blown up this much this quickly. Yeah. But also not really unbelievable when I look at the work of the team and the quality of the work of the team. It feels deserved, but still I feel a bit giddy. Absolutely. I, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just unbelievable i think we ended the first uh kickstarter on 17 uh, with no you know nothing beforehand no marketing mm-hmm. no hype we we had to get this off the ground running I, I remember me john sean ben and then later andrew and obviously the other guys like yourselves uh getting us to the end of that kickstarter campaign and it's just un- it was unbelievable that we made that amount in the first place but we've obviously getting volume zero zero one out there and uh, obviously the steady stuff and you know getting a book uh, or magazine whatever you want to call it into people's <laughs> journal, hands journal, journal. Uh, yeah we named yeah journal we named it the journal but uh mag- you could call it a magazine if you want if you want but it's just amazing the reception that we've had and i think that's just fed into 
why it is that we've gone up to 43k um, with the second Kickstarter. And um, with what I've heard behind the scenes of Volume 3, I think it's just going to get better and better. But it's, it's, it's a bit surreal how far we've come and how explosive uh, this has been. Yeah, very excited. Yeah, I, I yeah. came on way like way later. Like y'all had built this beautiful bedrock for for <laughs> just me to go like, okay, I'm gonna tell some people that this is a cool thing that's happening and hopefully they'll talk about it. And the response has been really overwhelming. Y'all, everyone on this team, like I know like I, I was on Twitter and going like I'm I'm doing social media and marketing. Every single person who is on the Lost and Cult team is helping market this in their own way because all of us are telling everyone how cool it is. And it's been amazing to see how everyone has responded to it. It's 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 unbelievable. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I I've been I've been a games journalist for a couple of years and despite the things I've got to do, this is the first time I've shown my friends something and they've been like, "Oh, you this is what you do." <laughs> <laughs> like, this is tangibly like I'm a part of this. This is really cool. Uh so it's been really fun and and apart from that, like I completely agree. Getting the issue um one in people's hands made a huge it difference. Did, yeah. Um we we can all shout from the heavens about how incredible we think our work is, but having people on social media, people who are influential within the games media space, actually look at it and wholeheartedly say, This is a quality product. This is incredible. This is this is a first issue and I think what we achieved we should all be really proud of. Um uh yeah. Definitely. But we're not just here to talk about Lost in Cold all day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we are actually here to talk about the latest PlayStation Showcase, which just kicked off. We are literally like just minutes away from it finishing. I don't know if it's still going and Herman Holst is still chatting about release dates or something. But um, oh, well, we're, we're just going to go through the main uh, announcements and kind of the main t- topics of discussion. Um, I'm going to go through everything in order and then i guess at the end we'll kind of discuss our our feelings in general is everyone all right with that that sounds great looking forward to it amazing so first one i mean after the weird chess ps5 advert that went on for way too long and um, we got an actual announcement which was star wars knights of the Own, uh, old republic remake not remaster full ground up remake um oh my god we didn't see anything, but yes. That's a big one. That was a big pop. Yeah. yeah. I, think we, and it's... I think we kind of heard this was coming, but to see it fully announced was great. Yeah, there were a lot of rumors, I feel, surrounding this remake. And I, I feel like before any announcement even happened, there were rumors and then there was discourse about a remake. People were discoursing about whether or not they should remake it before they even announced it, which was like... Oh, it's always interesting when that happens. So it's good to know that it's like it's a it's a thing. It's not just a rumor that we're we're talking about, right? Yeah, I I think as well, just being an RPG from that sort of time, it probably does need um, a remaster. I think as much as people look to look back at you know uh, RPGs, when you look at things like the early Fallout games and maybe things like Final Fantasy, those systems don't work nowadays unless you change the game from the ground up. You can't just go into that code and go and also speed this up and also make this easier. It, it's just better to remaster these things. Look at Final Fantasy VII Remake and what they achieved by starting fresh and, you know, building on a great origin. So um, I, I'm I'm so excited. Jason, did you play KOTOR? You know, um, I'm a big advocate of the original Xbox and believe me, I've played a lot of Xbox games back in the day, but I never did play that one. I watched a friend play it and I know, oh. I know with the emotional weight of the game, but what uh, surprised me 
uh, with this announcement was that it was an Xbox exclusive, if I remember correctly, um, and also a PC game. And it's just interesting that this is a PS5 game. I think it's in the PS5 exclusive. And then I don't think we saw anything about exclusive. I think may- maybe it was a PS5 console exclusive launch or something, but I... Yeah. yeah uh, did, well, did we see wording? No, I don't know. It looked like it to me, but nevertheless, it's just interesting. Well, if that's not the case, it's interesting that it was, a, it was one of the first titles announced at a PlayStation showcase when its heritage is being on the Xbox. A bit like Alan Wake... You know, which obviously is later on. It mm. that's just interesting to me, uh, and I, I know social media will react to that in many illustrious ways. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a go because uh, there's a lot of games where I haven't played, and people say, "Oh, you need to play this, you need to play that." And I'm, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but I think I will try this game definitely. I think I think a lot of modern Star Wars fans. Uh, people my age, especially, who got were probably at the age where they watched the the prequels and were like, "This isn't great." I think a lot of the people of my age that really got into Star Wars got into it with Kotor, um, and uh, maybe got into it with like, uh, was it like uh, Republic Commando? Was that the Xbox One? Oh, yeah, like you know, yeah. and Rogue Squadron and those sorts of things. Yes. Like we we got into it in the games because those were way better than the films when we were younger. That's that's like a very. That's a very interesting perspective to hear because, like, I I had this opposite experience where Star Wars to me until I turned like I don't know thirteen was like I saw the I saw the prequel trilogy and then I went back and played all those old games way later and I was like oh these were really good actually maybe these were way better than Attack of the Clones uh <laughs> so yeah no absolutely so I didn't have that perspective as a child but as an adult like absolutely I think I I, I think you're right like the games especially you mentioned um Rogue Squadron that was a that was a banger that was a, that's yeah, that, that needs was, a remake I, I mean I I watched um. Phantom Menace in the cinema when I was 10 or was it 1999? 1999. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I would have been 10. And obviously at the time I was like, this is the best film ever made. I want to be Darth Maul. (laughs) This is unbelievable. Um, And then when I I watched it in um, the 3D re-release a few years ago, I was like, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I can't believe how like implicitly racist this film is this is mental <laughs> like it's it's so bad like every how did, accent how, every accent you could ever make every, that's offensive it's in that movie like, exactly exactly like the tr- the trade federation guys are just like a chinese caricature watto's just a jewish guy and it's like i can't believe they did this anyway let's that's besides the point let's move on um so next the old republic Incredible. Glad that's happening. Next up was, and this is one we were all excited about, um, Project Eve, which I don't know if we know anything about it as in terms of um, where it's been developed. Did somebody say it's maybe a Korean game or I think maybe in the chat? Oh, you do know. It's a Korean game. Yeah. This looks fantastic. This uh, And as our first full-blown trailer as well, as action being played on a PS5, this drew me in. This, this, This looks so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, something palpitations over watching <laughs> that trailer because I love stuff like Bayonetta, Ninja Gaiden, Devil May Cry. You know, it's always up my alley. So I'm watching this, and I was it was making me think about FF7 remake for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, then mm. I hear the K-pop soundtrack in the background. And I'm just like, yeah, this is a day one purchase for me. You know, that's that was the highlight, one of the highlights for me. Absolutely enjoyed. That it looks great. Looks great. Look forward to seeing more of that. What about you yeah. guys? 
No, yeah, I, I was in the same boat. I usually when there is a trailer that's here's some gameplay from a new established game and here's a website to go to and it looks like it's playing on a lot of like JRPG anime tropes. I'm like very cynical, but everything about this game was like a really like a breath of fresh air amidst everything to me because it was like, yes, this looks like maybe it's a little janky, but the action's really good. Like this looks like it has a really crazy, cool, bombastic art style. I really loved the main female character design. And those like monsters were a very cool, like eldritch abomination combined with like, yeah, like yeah. combined with like weird Judeo-Christian kind of imagery. It looks really cool. I'm really, I'm really excited for it. Also, Totally thought it was a weird Parasite Eve spinoff for, like, at least one minute. Oh. They kept saying Parasite and Eve. I was like, this isn't Parasite Eve. This looks nothing like the third birthday. <laughs> I, I uh, think it was a Bayonetta game for a little bit yes. too long. Mm. Um, uh, but then I, I was just sat there like, no, Nintendo owned that. That can't be that. Um, and I, uh, one thing I think this game did really well was, um, I'm sure we did see a little bit of cutscenes, but this trailer specifically seemed to show us a load through gameplay mm-hmm. um like i don't know how far along it is in development but that was running smooth the gameplay looked incredible I, we, we were also in the chat like is this a platinum game um <laughs> whatever whatever they're doing this is really impressive off the bat so whatever the finished product is i'm interested already this this looks incredible yeah I even thought it was a Chinese game um, to start with because I've played quite a few similar Chinese games, which other people haven't heard of. But, um, like, you know, China's making quite a few uh, good – well, I've got good games in the pipeline, like uh, Wukong and um, Lost Soul Aside. You know, just seeing stuff like this. Um, I think it's been in the making for two years from what I was reading on the, on the notes. So it could have a release pretty soon. And like you say, it's it's better to see trailers of games if there's more gameplay. I, I get a bit tired of just seeing trailers a lot where it's just like some cutscene footage. I want to see a game. Mm. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, did we get any hint of a date on that one? I missed it if we did. I don't think we did. We got a URL and I think that's it. Okay. Well, Project <laughs> Eve, I think we've all got our eyes on that. Um, definitely looks really interesting. The next one up was... Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Um, sorry, I, t- I, t- I took an obnoxious breath there. I didn't mean to. I've got, I've got nothing against this. Why game. would you say anything? Uh, of, why would you do anything obnoxious in the proximity of Borderlands? That's so wild and random. I, I'm more intrigued than I thought I was. I'm very tired of the Borderlands shtick, the humor, the writing. It's like Deadpool, but worse, but with pop culture references, like turned up to 11. Like Randy Pitchford is like a man who watched South Park at 14 and didn't age a day. Like yeah. I, the, the humor is mad to me that some people are like, Borderlands is the funniest thing I've ever played. And I'm, I'm like, is it? Really? Is, is it really? But, but, yes, but it's it, row, please. But it's, uh, but it sells millions as well. And, and, and I genuinely think, think this is like a smart evolution of Borderlands. And I'm happy to say that. Um, I don't even like Tiny Tina as a character, um, but this didn't annoy me. The gameplay looks great. It's got some role-playing or Dungeons & Dragons elements as well, hasn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. What did everybody else think? Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go? Um, Bella, you go, you go first. Jason all right. Go all right. Um, I, I really like Borderlands, I, but I hate the way it's written. So I probably put like two like one to two thousand hours generously into like between borderlands one two and three um it's like one of the series that i played the most and every time a character opens their mouth 
I like I die I die a little inside because I'm like really enjoying the game and I'm really enjoying the loop and I'm enjoying the art direction and Borderlands has so many good female characters. There's so much going on and then they start talking. And so I had that same feeling with this trailer. I was like, wow, this looks like weirdly like kind of arena-y combat, like much, much more up close and visceral than I'm used to from Borderlands. There's a cool shark enemy jumping around. And then there were jokes. But I think you're right. I think that they're leaning into that Tiny Tina RPG thing they did in the second one. And I don't know. I think that framing device might work. I think that might save this one for me, especially because it's not DLC, right? Like, this is a standalone game, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm i very cynical about that series, but I've played all of them. And I will probably play, like, that for 50 to 100 hours, too, because I'm a sucker. <laughs> How about y'all? Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're mechanically sound games, and that's oh, yeah. why they sell millions. I think a lot of people are like us and play them despite them. Like, they're like, yeah, if you just, you know, if somebody walks in the room, you turn the volume down, but you're like, but yeah, it, is, it is a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Have, you, have you played Borderlands, Jason? <sighs> I'm going to disappoint you again. I've never played a Borderlands game. <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. Um, I've, I've not... I don't think it's done, this game or trailer has done anything to sell me on Borderlands. The voice acting was a bit very subpar. It reminded me of a really old school ADV uh, anime. Hey, um, that's <laughs> I'm just thinking of the old Ava dub. I'm just thinking of Dub Masato. Sorry, sorry. Keep going. Yeah, I, I know. We could get into an old conversation about this stuff, but um, I have a friend. Don't start even Galleon chat now. No, 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 this, no, no, that, no. That's no, a different no, podcast. No. That's a tangent. <laughs> no, uh, I, had a, I'm, I have a close friend who loves South Park, and I remember one day he wanted me to drive him to the town centre. And uh, he traded in 20 games to get Borderlands 3. And I said, why are you getting rid of all of these games? And he said, because I love Borderlands. So this is a game for him, but not for me. But that game... I never, I, not, not, not to do a little side tangent, I never understood that. Like, I, I use GameStop sparingly, but it's usually to get, like, niche games. I don't know if I'd ever trade in any of my collection for a game that's going to be $20 in a year. But, but, but some people don't play games like us. We collect games, we, we hold and on to them, we feel, we feel emotional with them. I think some people consume games like they uh, consume soap operas. Like, it's, it's just today's game. <sighs> I was look. I remember looking at the receipt, uh, the amounts he got for the game. So if I'm talking about US dollars here, he got two dollars for God of War 2018. And I said, Dane, you can't get rid of God of War, <laughs> Spider Man, um, Final Fantasy 15, all, all loads of great games. Although FF 15 is not a great game, but anyway, besides the point. Right, let's let's move on before that makes me even more sad. Um, wow. Oh, I, I just finished. So, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands was dated. That's March 2022. So, we will find out more about that soon enough. And I'm You're sure right. um, it is dated. The humor is going to be very dated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, oh, nothing this list. I can't wait to I talk about some of this. Come on. Right. Next up was Forspoken, the new Square Enix action rpg i'm not entirely sure what this is um, um we've seen two we've seen two trailers so far this was yeah. the second one um it looks interesting but i've got no idea what this game is um so i believe it's made by the same team that made final fantasy 15 um, okay 
There was a there was a trailer released years ago. Uh, it's a graphical showcase. Um, oh, it had mem- a different code name, didn't it? It was yeah, like, with the witch project something. What, yeah, what was, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So this game, I believe, is born out of that concept, and um, you obviously play as a young female who's been whisked off to this fantasy world, and it's obviously an action game. Which it it, it looks like it plays a bit like a. Um, Avengers to me for some reason the the camera and uh, but mm. yeah the combat looks good but I'm not convinced it's going to be a great game the combat on FF15 I'm sorry if this offends anyone it was just too simplistic for me so it, this looks great graphically but I don't know if it'd be a day one release for me but uh, no a buy like day one buy but um, it looks interesting I'm I'd like to find out more I'm interested that's all I can say really. I- yeah, I think Square Enix will have learnt some lessons from 15 and 7 Remake. You know, yeah. they may not be the same development studios, but they are the same company and they do work yeah. alongside each other in some things. Like, you know, the Final Fantasy 7 Remake model for Cloud was literally a remodeled version of the Noctis model. So, like, we we, we know these... <laughs> remember when people kicked off about that? Um, oh, so boy. We, 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 we know these, like, you know, they collaborate and they work together and obviously, you know, whatever helps Square Enix helps Square Enix. So, um, I'll be interested, I'll be interested to see the actual mechanics of this because even in that gameplay trailer i don't think we saw what was going on um but in any sort of means but um i love i love the idea of a square enix fantasy game that is using the wheel a real real world setting and bringing people into it and being like isn't this mad because like you know from a real world perspective yeah i think that's cool and i like the protagonist do we know the protagonist's name i don't know if i missed that i don't know if we got it now but they seem really cool I like I like the voice acting. I did comment a little bit on the lip syncing seeming a bit weird, but this is in dev. It could just be you know because some some of it was fine, but I like that model. I like whoever is voice acting that. I, I I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued. Definitely, definitely. I, I I I those big marquee Square Enix productions. Even if I don't like them, what they do is they make room for games like Trials of Mana to get made later. So like, even if I don't like it, it's like okay, cool. This is money for a project Octopath Traveler or for Trials of Mana or something. So like, so I will get something like that down the line. Even if I don't like it, this you know, it's it's money towards that. So yeah. and it looks cool. It's an original. It's an original story, and I'm always here for that. Exactly. I, and it's interesting. I think um, maybe Square Enix themselves are a little bit bored or tired of Final Fantasy. So other than like the big tempo releases, I don't think they want to do Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy over and over again. So I'm interested to see um, what, what this brings. Definitely. Um, cool. Moving on was uh, Rainbow Six Extraction. Um, my, note here, my main note here was... Um, Ubisoft has still not acted on widespread reports of abuse within their company, nor have they made the results of any investigations public. Um, I do not respect Ubisoft as a company. I think they have managed to get away with things at the moment because Activision are the bigger baddie, uh, but Ubisoft themselves have not dealt with any of the main uh, perpetrators of abuse and have uh, covered up and... Um, protected people within the company that were abusers. Um, I think the game looks bad. Next up was Alan Wake Remastered. Looks amazing. Looks great, doesn't it? Sorry, Nate. Rainbow Six. We can talk Uh, talk about Rainbow Six if you want. (laughs) We don't have to, I promise. No, this is like... It's like he's putting, he's like, you know, you're you're stabbing at a grave. And I just want to say, in terms of graves, Tom Clancy would be turning in his grave I that so. they have made an abomination in his name. 
that involves aliens and UFOs and stuff like, you know, Resident Evil stuff. That's not Tom Clancy. They're abusing his. They're abusing his name, his good name, and he's dead. Me Tom Clancy wouldn't be thrilled to be part of a Ubisoft original. Well, not not in an alien setting. <laughs> the, you know, uh, talking of abuse, they're abusing the dead. Moving on. Look, if, if there's anything about Tom Clancy, if there's anything about Tom Clancy that I've learned from reading any of his books, is that the thing he would have been most upset about is that a French company is in control of his names and his name, and he probably would have been really bad. About it. He would have probably been really, really prejudiced about that. <laughs> That's all I have to I, say about Tom Clancy. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> right. Anyway. anyway. So yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ubisoft. I, I I know some people want to. Uh, at, at like Activision is the worst company at the moment, but um, Ubisoft has done exactly the same things. So I just don't think they've been caught doing it as badly as Activision. Next awesome. up was, yes, Alan Wake Remastered looks amazing. I've never played Alan Wake. Control was my first Remedy game, and I really liked it. So I'm interested to go back. Who's played Alan Wake? Bella, have, you look very excited. I played Alan Wake. Like I got that game the day it came out in high school, and I played it all in like two sittings. It's one of my favorite horror games. It's my favorite Remedy game, like, neck and neck with Max Payne. I... It's incredible. Like, if you haven't played it, I'm not gonna tell you literally anything. You should enjoy that game on its own merits without knowing much about it. It's... I. It looks like a really good version, too. I, like... I played it a few times. I played it on the PC and on the 360. And then in 2012, when the PC port came out, 2011, 2012, it was kind of known for being like a very technically challenging game for PCs. And it had a lot of really cool visual flourishes. Well, I'm looking at this PS5 version and I'm like, well, there's new stuff they added in. This looks more impressive than a game that my uh, PC was struggling to run eight years ago. And that's incredible. So I'm just really excited to revisit that game. I I don't pop off for remasters very often, but that, that got me. That looks really good. I've never played Alan Wake. I regret not playing it because I'd had <laughs> seven Red Wings of Death on my Xbox 360 by the oh. time 2010 turned its turned around, and uh, I didn't have a PC powerful enough to play it. But I was always intrigued by the mechanics of the game, and uh, I loved Max Payne, um, the first two Max Paynes that were out at the time. Anyway, I, I loved the those games. So yeah, I've already pre-ordered Alan Wake for PS5, so that's an interesting oh nice. For me. You- you're bought in. I love survival horror. If it is survival horror, I'm, I don't know. Ex- yeah. I don't exactly know what the game is. I've not looked into it too much. I don't want to spoil it for myself. So I'm really looking forward to playing that. In my mind, I don't know if Alan Wake has a weapon. So in my brain, it's a little bit like Silent Hill Shattered Memories. I feel like he's just going because I always see him with the torch. I feel like it's this sort of psychological horror, and he's just going around with the torch, poking around. Is but is does it turn into like shooty stuff? Do you get weapons or anything? So first of all, you're the first person I've ever talked to who has ever referenced Shattered Memories. That's one of my top five favorite games. So just it's amazing, it's wow. amazing, it's amazing. It's, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, so it is a blend of that type of like aim your light at an enemy, but it is there, there are shooting bits. The thing is, is your gun has like 12 shots, like any good survival horror game. So you have to always be very careful. So it's like aim your light, run to another light, and hide. Um, and it, it manages to have that old school Silent Hill Resident Evil feel of I am constantly making sure I don't run out of ammo. And I won't say any more than that, but I really liked that feeling about that game when I played it. All right, I'm in. 
I mean, it's interesting you say that because I'm playing through uh, Tormenting Souls at the moment. I know I've been very vocal about that game on Twitter. It's a good game. Go buy it. Um, I, I feel, I'm, from what you've said, that's also borrowed from Alan Wake. So Alan Wake must have been a pioneering game at the time. So I think uh, uh, there's a big audience out there that are going to be able to discover something new on October 5th. I think it is. I, I, yeah, yeah, there. I yeah. will be. I will buy that game for the I, fifth time. <laughs> and I, I love, I love a good reveal to release in a few months. There's that. I'd rather people kept their secrets nowadays, and and we literally only get it when it's when it's right there. Because yeah. I'm sick of watching the uh, the PNG logo of Metroid Prime Four. Um, <laughs> right. Next up. Next up was GTA Five. <laughs> My note here is, please make it stop. Uh, does anybody else uh, have anything to say about GTA V uh, eight years on from release? I tried replaying that game two years ago, and a lot of the jokes have not aged well. Uh, the game has not... Mechanically, it also hasn't aged... It just hasn't aged well, and I don't know why they were re-releasing it, and that's all That's that's all I got to say about yeah. that. <laughs> I, the, the only thing I will say is I think um, it said instantly swapping between characters, which I see as a genuine benefit. For sure. Because that was really annoying. Yes. Um, but I, I, I'm, as much as I love Stephen Ogg, uh, I do think maybe Trevor is a character I don't know if I want to revisit actually now. I think he I think he was written ten years ago at the peak of edgy humor, and I don't know how much that translates to nowadays. You know what I mean? Remember I, I, Remember when he wakes up in lingerie and it's funny because he's a man wearing lingerie. See, that's the joke. Yeah. That's that's the humor. I, <laughs> I know. I, I I think I think even Stephen Ogg himself is like quite a very like he's a very lovely man and stuff. He so is. I think maybe even he like is like yeah. Trevor, Trevor was a product of his time. <laughs> you know, um, I remember when uh, GTA Five came out on the PS3, and I, you know I was a bit more immature back then for someone who was twenty five. You know, I've grown up a bit since then, and I remember putting some screenshots of the game onto Instagram, and then my auntie, uh, she didn't want to speak to me ever again. So, you know, I lost, uh, <laughs> you know, I put some, you know, some Trevor stuff, some Trevor stuff on uh, Instagram, and yeah, and our relationship's never recovered since then. So, um, you know, I've not got any fond memories of the game. I don't want to play it again, really. Um, Trevor's in Snow PSO on TNT. Great show. He is. Um, on Netflix in the UK. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing GTA 3 Remastered if it's actually coming out on the Switch later this year. Oh, yes. The Remastered Collection. Uh, that was um, rumoured and then corroborated by both VGC, Imran Khan, and someone else. So I think GTA Collection is very real that sound that sounds like a a real thing um so yeah. hopefully that comes to switch soon that does sound way more exciting to me than gta 5 again you're right i need to um, san andreas i need i need i need oh to lay God. in bed yes. and play san andreas that is all i want in life in like just I, like god i i i loved vice city i think that's my favorite one mainly because of the soundtrack but i yeah. also kind of want liberty city stories and vice city stories as well i feel like they get forgotten about um like and and I will also really fight the corner of, I think a top three GTA game is Chinatown Wars, which again gets forgotten about. Yes. Um, that, like, the PSP 
P or uh, version was a really good translation of the DS one. I think the DS version is better, but if they just brought the PSP version to Switch, I'd be happy. Okay. Um, yeah, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. We need to move on. They, they were talking about GTA for way too long. Wait. Next up was uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, which I don't think we've seen for about a year or so. It seemed to be... It was definitely... Um, delayed quite unceremoniously in just kind of a press release so seeing it again is amazing this looks absolutely fantastic i still i've still got no idea this this seems to be pulling from the uh hideo kojima school of just show a load of weird stuff and they'll get intrigued but i am i'm a sucker i don't know what's going on and i love it yeah it, it feels like an expansion I, have, have either of y'all played the evil within games no i haven't so those are like oh. two. So those are like two. The first one's fine. The second one's like one of my favorite survival horror games. And Shinji Mikami has like did a very good job in those games of doing exactly what you're saying. Of like you want to see a bunch of weird shit just thrown at you for like 20 hours. That's those games. And so <laughs> this looks like an evolution of that, but it's drawing in so much real folklore. Like there's so much many like actual Japanese urban legend monsters that I was able to pick out there. Slender Man also for some reason was in that trailer. Like they they just put. <laughs> Slenderman in there because I guess that's public domain. I think the internet's public domain anyway. So it looks cool, but also it wasn't as interesting as the trailer we saw two years ago to me because I saw the protagonist and he kind of just looks like I am Joe Anime Boy McProtagonist and I have the special power. And that makes like survival horror less interesting because I, unless it's like the medium, I don't necessarily want a superpower when I'm surviving a horror, you know? But that's, that's just my personal tastes. Yeah. I didn't realize it was pulling, is it like pulling from like different yokai stories and stuff? I, I believe I, I think so. I believe I, so. I, I think it was a thing I didn't realize, but um, now in hindsight, thinking about that trailer makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. And obviously it's called Ghostwire Tokyo, so um, I actually feel like a bit of an idiot. <laughs> uh, J- Jason, this feels like it's right up your alley. Yeah, I, I didn't really know what was going on. I've not done my research on the game, but um, Kami is a, he's a legend, and um, I think I'll try it out when it comes out. But I don't have an Xbox, so I'm a bit fearful that if there was a sequel, I'd have to go out and buy an Xbox or something. But... Looks up my alley, so yeah, I think I'll check that one out. Yeah, I think I think we all need to see a little bit more of it before we um uh, before we really give it, uh, any opinions. But it, it reminded looks great. me of Make Connects. Um, do you remember that game? The Make Dreamcast Connect? game with the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about when I what when I was looking at the gameplay. It's um, you are so right. I didn't think about that at all because I haven't thought about that game in fifteen years. But it does remind me a lot of that, and that game was really yeah. cool. Also, that see, we're doing a Dreamcast issue. We should have a two thousand word essay at Make an X. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> we are legally abused every time we mention the Dreamcast to mention that Andrew Dickinson has written two incredible books on the Dreamcast and you should check them out. You should. I, I say legally obliged, so I just mean Andrew will be mean to me if we don't mention it. Yeah. Um, moving on, Love you, we Andrew. have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I feel could have not been here, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, I think it looks better than Marvel's Avengers. I think it, this is... Um, uh, this is Square Enix, but this is Crystal Dynamics. Um, Eidos, is this the one that did Deus Ex, Human Revolution, and Mankind Divided? Is that right? Uh, that that yeah. team? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it looks fine. It, it doesn't seem like a great way to use that team. Um, but I, 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 again, this is just a, this just looked like, looked like a CGI trailer that was trying too hard to copy the edgy humor that people seem to think 
is the Guardians of the Galaxy's um, personality now, um, which is this weird, you know, gunification of both those characters and movies we've seen ever since. Um, which I think only actually works for some things and not everything, which is, but that's a greater problem I have. Um, I'm, I'm not sold. I, I, I don't even think the humor landed that well. I don't think I like this interpretation of the characters. And I don't also think I've been sold on the gameplay because you only control Star Lord in a Guardians of the Galaxy game, which is famously a team. I'm baffled by that decision. And also, out, out of those people, why am I not playing Gamora? Why am I not playing Drax? Yeah. Star Lord is boring. Imagine a imagine a like a game where you have to play as Rocket Raccoon the whole time. Like the whole game takes advantage of his height and all the stuff he can do. Mm-hmm. And then like there's Groot. It's like Ratchet and Clank, but it's Rocket and Groot. And that would be a cool game. But instead, they're making a shooter about a guy who has a bad haircut. His haircut is bad. That's what all I could think <laughs> about is, dude. What are you doing? What are you yep. doing? <laughs> Who is playing that Star Lord? I bet it's Troy Baker. I bet it's. It. I don't even. I think it is. I, I think you're right. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> he has the haircut. He has Troy Baker's haircut. Troy Baker, I don't mean to insult your haircut. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I just, I just it's... felt it in my bones that that was a Troy Baker role. No, yeah, but in all seriousness, it... like I, I, I'm with y'all. I, I put about a hundred. 150 hours into Marvel's Avengers last year with my girlfriend and when we were watching both of these trailers all we could see is yeah it kind of looks like they took a lot of the combat ideas from that game and then put a more action-y based spin on them and made a space shooter about Star-Lord and I'm just I'm not into that um I'm not into that I, I, I think that there is a cool way to make those characters come alive in a video game. And I think Ultimate Alliance 3 did that already. Uh, and I would like to have something similar that kind of explores their whole dynamic as yeah. a team. So, yeah, not very excited for that one myself. I don't know. It just landed like a bit of a wet fart to me. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah. That's, fair, that's honestly more was... eloquent than what I said. Square Enix, right? You know, we, we, we've talked about Square Enix in a, a bit of length today. And I feel they're a company that are normally known for being risk takers. They make a lot, they do a lot of trial and, and error stuff, which is evident with a lot of their games. And I feel with the Marvel licenses, they've just gone for the easy, the easy option and used, you know, their, they've just front loaded their American studios and Canadian studios with doing that work. And I feel that if you're going to use Marvel, and I am not the biggest Marvel fan, I'm sorry if that upsets people. I'm a bit sick of Marvel Studios films at the moment. I just feel they should maybe look into some Marvel um, franchises that are lesser known. I mean, uh, what about a Blade game or... Make it Punisher. Uh, make it pu- make it a new Punisher game. That would be awesome. Daredevil. Punisher. Yeah. Daredevil. Um, Iron Fist. Uh, uh, Luke Cage. You know, some some some. She Hulk. Make like a make like a yeah. and brawler a combination risk. sim. Yeah. That's She Hulk. I I want I want a She Hulk game in the style of Lost Judgment. Oh, there we go. That's the idea. That's the blueprint oh, right judgment. there. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the problem is, is Square Enix were probably very excited to get these licenses. Sure. Um, and they have made the two safest bets they could possibly make. Mm-hmm. Let's make an Avengers game with all the characters and a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Like, they, they, there's, there's no experimentation. They've gone, let's make money. 
Um, and unfortunately, yeah. the Avengers game <laughs> didn't go very well in that terms. Um, so I'm 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 interested to see if there is a heel turn now. If there is a like, okay, let's not make such a big game because we can make a big loss. Let's make a smaller game. And I think you're 100% right. I think maybe a Daredevil action game as a stripped back, maybe like Batman Arkham game, yeah. like s- something like that, but maybe not so fantastical, like a like a down-to-earth Arkham Daredevil game would work so well. Um, but also, they've got the keys to the sandbox. It makes money to put Spider-Man on the box and say he's coming. Like, you know, if I'm an exec, I'm going to say, put them all in. I want the Hulk in this. I want Iron Man in this. Like, I, I-, I get the position they're in. Sure. They need a CM Punk moment. If you know who, you know, if you if you're a wrestling fan, by the way, but um, they need a CM Punk moment, not a John Cena moment. I'm sorry. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, but I mean, that's coming out in October. We'll see how that how that does. Um, I hope it does well. I like Square Enix handling Marvel stuff, and I think there is potential. Um, I just think Avengers was was uh, maybe overmanaged. Um, so ne- next up was. Uh, I don't know if anybody even remembers the trailer. I feel like I don't remember much of it. Blood Hunt? Um, there was a lot going on in that trailer, and I don't feel like I remember much at all. Does anybody have anything else to say? I feel bad. I'd play it. It reminded me of... It's like a bastardized version of Resident Evil 6. I'd play it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a weird way to describe it. a great it. and weird way to describe it. Yeah. Battle Royale with vampires on paper sounds cool. I don't necessarily know if that trailer impressed me, but vampires stalking and hunting each other, like, online? That's cool. That's neat. Let's see where that goes, right? Yeah. You've got the shooting, you can slide on the floor and shoot. It's got a bit of the fan It's like wet if y'all played that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a good game. Good game. Yeah, it was. Good choice. Yeah, Blood Hunt. Blood Hunt. I'll give it a go. Yeah, hunt some blood. Um. I, I'm going to skip over the next two ones a little bit quickly, just because we've got a lot to get through still. So we saw another trailer for Deathloop. Looks wonderful. The game's out next week. Brilliant. Good for you, Deathloop. Fantastic. Um, we then saw the Radiohead Kid A Amnesiac Exhibition. So for anybody that doesn't know, Radiohead have just announced they're releasing a uh, well, a new album, which is a collection of... Um, unreleased tracks and unfinished tracks from the oh. Kid A and Amnesiac sessions to celebrate 20 years of those twin albums. Mm-hmm. Um, so Radiohead fans, like myself, uh, were like crying little baby tears of joy the other day. And this looks amazing. And um, Tom York and Radiohead have both worked quite closely with interactive experiences before in terms of apps, like mm-hmm. Tomorrow's Modern Boxes had an app and stuff. Um, so what was it tomorrow? No, am I thinking of Kid Limb, uh, King of Limbs? One of them did. Anyway, they, they, they do very good interactive stuff. I'm here for it, Radiohead fans. Wonderful. This is gonna be this is gonna be great. Um, mm-hmm. So next we had uh, Tachia, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting game. It got a much longer spotlight than I expected, and I'm really happy it did. This was probably the most indie thing out of the entire showcase, and it looked absolutely lovely. Um, I don't think we saw much of actual gameplay other than you play as this young character exploring an island. We saw them pet a crab. We saw them going around this very stylized and cartoony world, but they put a lot of emphasis on this. I'm really impressed that they took the time to. What, uh, what did everybody else think? I, 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 this was like, the, I think, I've been going back and forth, but I think that was the highlight of the show for me was, was Chia, was 
as soon as I saw this small child, like, point at an animal and then transfer their consciousness to that animal and then turn into a bird and fly around, and then I saw another scene where there's, like, an encroaching, like, you know, industrial colonizer force that she is trying to drive out with the help of animals, I was like, oh, that's what this game is about. This looks fucking great. I'm on board. It is about a little kid using nature seemingly to team up with encroaching encroaching colonizers, and I think that's really cool, and the art direction is just stunning. And I, I, we didn't see a ton of gameplay, yeah, but I, I'm really looking forward to it because I think the little glimmers we did see and like the enemy design, those wispy, bandagey ghosts that are flying around, I'm, I'm in love with the aesthetic. I'm in love with the idea that this was the highlight of the show for me. Um, so yeah, it, it looks great. What did, you, what did y'all think about it? The music was majestic. It had the Nintendo feel. Um, from what I could gather of the gameplay, it reminded me of some of the mechanics from uh, Breath of the Wild. Mm. Um, I, I feel like I want to know more about the game. I want to seek it out. Um, it's bringing out the inner child within me, you know, you know, from beneath this harsh exterior. So, um, I, yeah, I, I really do like the look of this game um, in all seriousness. Um, it just seems very endearing and uh, I look forward to seeing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it 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 looked like the everything meets Fern Gully, I, yeah. it, uh, and I and I love I love a fierce environmental message, and I like that games are getting to tell these stories as well. Uh, and also, it looked like it had a heavy development focus of some you know a, a, like a culture that we don't normally get. And the more we get that in games, the better. I'm so grateful we're getting games like Raji. We're getting games like that are just celebrating and coming from a place of knowledge of different cultures because it helps everyone. It helps everyone. I'm bored of beardy McWhite face dude and a gun. Um, yeah, so I, I think this- that I, I think that from what they're leading with the de- with the development team, it's not like a um, it's not like a Never Alone situation, which is a game that I enjoyed, but was also like a lot of predominantly like white devs going to cultural experts and then making a game about their culture. Mm. And from what I'm gathering, this is made by a lot of people from the culture, and that is always how you were supposed to do these things. I mean, obviously, like. Games are a collaborative effort, but if you're going to make something that's representative of a culture, you gotta, it's better that the people from that culture make it. That's just kind of always how it is. So yeah, I agree with you. Like, it's, it's good that a, that better, not better, but like a more, a bigger variety of games are getting not only made, but showcased on big streams. I think that's really cool. Like, yeah. considering where we were like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I mm-hmm. think this, this is, um, the product of more open source development tools like things like obviously like uh, Unity and Unreal Engine are, are different price plans, but people have access to these uh, these things and anybody anywhere really with decent access to computing nowadays can make a game and can almost self-publish thanks to Steam and things. And that is that's that is the dawn of global game uh, development and that's incredible. Um, so moving on, we had Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy coming to PS5 and PC, right? Good games. I like Lost Amazing. Legacy. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really like Uncharted Four. I think it's a very good end to the um the series. I don't think it's the best entry, but I think thematically, what it does as a story is very very good. Um, so I I almost be ready to play these games again, and I'd be interested to see what they even add on PS Five. To be perfectly honest, totally. Um. Yeah, have you played Uncharted, Jason, or is that too I've Western? Played, no, I've played all of them. I've played uh, Uncharted Two. Is um, it's an action masterpiece. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's the best one in the series. Um, yep. It it really 
it, that was really a showcase what the PS3 could do as a, a platform. Um, it was a big turnaround for Sony, I think. Um, Uncharted 4 was a really good game. Uh, some of the graphical physics in the game, the mud physics, were really impressive. I'd be intrigued to see how the game runs in 60 frames. Um, I don't know if I can go through the game again. I just don't have the time. or I, I, I don't know. I don't have that urgency to go through it. But I know there's a big fan base out there, and I think there's going to be a lot of happy people that are going to welcome yeah. the news. Um, I'd like to see a Last of Us Part 2 PS5 version. I hope that's coming, but we'll see. We'll see. Did it, Last of Us got a patch, didn't it? Did it get a PS5 patch? I know it's not a, a boxed retail version, but I think it runs better on PS5, doesn't it? it, does, it right, yeah. Yes, it, do, it does. Um, I, I do believe, uh, if you look back at some of the gameplay trailers that they showed about like three or four years ago, I, I think... Uh, it did get a bit downgraded for the PS4, so I firmly believe that there is a actual native PS5 version out there. I think it's just a matter of time, and obviously, yeah. you know, they've got the HBO series coming next year. Yeah. That could be the point of time where there's going to be an announcement of that, or maybe a Last of Us Part Three. But we'll see. Um, Naughty Dog are a fantastic team. I look forward to whatever they do next. Yeah. I'd like to see something different other than Uncharted and Last of Us. I'd like to see if they can branch out of their comfort zone, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you there. I, I, really, I, I love Naughty Dog. I really hope the rumour of uh, The Last of Us remaster isn't true, or at the very least, it isn't Naughty Dog. I think you're right. I think as a creative studio, they are capable of so much. Um, uh, and also... I feel like it's weird that PC isn't getting Uncharted 1, 2, 3. Like, that collection at all. Yeah. Um, I, guess, yeah. I guess just start with 4. Start with the end. Why not? It's like when they... Didn't they do that with Yakuza, where it was like, hey, Yakuza 6 is out, and Kiwami is out, and then all the ones between Kiwami and 6? Figure it out. Go to Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, but, I... Um, I, I'm excited, I think, just for, for Lost Legacy, because I really like that one. I'm like, I'm very cool, like, on the Uncharted franchise, like, I'm, 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 I'm very cooled on a lot of Naughty Dog endeavors, but Lost Legacy had this thing where it opened up, and I was like, this is like an old Tomb Raider game. I can just go anywhere and go explore a dungeon, and then I can complete a puzzle, and then go back out to the main area, and then go solve another puzzle. And that's like the type of adventure game progression I like. And I'm hoping that if they yes. continue to do an Uncharted, which, like, you know, I, I would be insufferably cynical about, yet still play, I I, I would like an open-world-style thing like Lost Legacy, because I think that was a really good idea. Also, they should port Golden Abyss to the PS5 already, because that game was a banger. Yeah. That, that's, 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 that's all I got that's to say. Gonna be, that's going to be forgotten, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, next up was... I think, for me, the biggest surprise of the evening. Um, so we saw the Insomniac logo kind of pop up. Mm-hmm. Then we saw the Marvel logo pop up. And then we saw a trailer of a gruff man drinking in a bar before he unveils three claws. And it's Wolverine. Um, what the actual fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's nuts. Um, I... I yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Um, I, I think Insomniac are the studio capable of doing this. This feels way out. This, I, I, you know, later spoilers, but later on we got to um, Spider-Man Two being announced, which is 2023. This feels like 2024. This feels like they really jumped the gun with this. 
Um, mm. But we're getting a Wolverine game by Insomniac. Um, and if it's got any of the kind of like, not gunplay, but like the, the, the combat or energy of a Ratchet and Clank as well as a Spider-Man, like, I'm excited about that. I don't, I don't know what the story's going to be, but h- hell yeah. Hell yes. This looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, I I love Wolverine. Oh, so you 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 go first. You started. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just wondering what Wolverine's going to be like as a character because when I see Wolverine, I normally think of Hugh Jackman, but then he wasn't a perfect replication of the Wolverine from like you know the the X Men cartoons I used to watch as a kid in the '90s. So I'm really intrigued to see what he actually looks like, whether or not he mm. wears a costume like he did. You know, from the old comics, I'd like I'd like for them to do that, but um, I think it's a very good choice of uh, character and brand for Insomniac to tackle, and I, I can I can see uh, I can visualize a lot of how the com- you know how the combat's going to play out. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that actually. I don't know about you guys. Um, I th- I think I'll be interested to see how they. Um organically fit in like a skill tree or something because it made sense with spider-man because it was like oh he's got more gear to build this new gadget but yeah. wolverine suddenly unlocking a a, a backflip plunging claw attack is like <laughs> well i feel like he could do that already you know i, I don't know how they're gonna meet I, I don't know how they're gonna meter out progression unless this is maybe more of um Maybe this is more of a God of War game, which still had skill trees, but also you, you kind of felt like you ended up with what you started with in terms of like his main moves. I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to hang on a meter it. Yeah Bella, yeah. Bella, you tell me what you think. Oh, so like I, I really like Wolverine as a character. I, I grew up, I'm, I used to be a really big Marvel fangirl the last decade, did a number on me. But I, I really liked the 2009 Wolverine game they made. I forgot who developed that, mm. but it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, Activision. But it was really, it, it was really gory. It was really bloody, and it felt like it implemented the best stuff from the movies and the best stuff from the comics, and then it delivered like this really solid M-rated like thing. And that's kind of what I want because Wolverine is a grittier character. Like the Wolverine that I like, anyway. The, the the versions that I always am drawn to, they're grittier. They're they're the Weapon X. They're like the darkest parts of the Weapon X arc, right? So I want Insomniac to make a really stylish, super gory Wolverine game. And if they do that, I will be super happy. You, you know, in, I think Insomniac they they've got a certain way with you know, um, doing compelling storytelling in their games. And I'd, I'd like to think, when you're talking about a skill tree, Nate, um, I'd, I'd like to think that maybe you start off as Wolverine where he's got no, is it adamantanium? I always, I can't pronounce Ad- it. Adamantium, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where it's just, he's just bone. Or maybe the game starts off in, like, the Victorian period and then mm-hmm. it then progresses to, like, the Ooh. Weapon X storyline or the Phoenix story. You I'm know, here for this. You know, there's... Or maybe that it could go to Japan, you know, and you find the silver, you know, the the, sil- the silver samurai. It, the, there's a lot of possibilities, and I think uh, yeah. Insomniac are the perfect ensemble to tackle uh, sensitive material and also um, a character as complex as Logan. So I'd love. I'd love to have like uh, you're so right, like a Wolverine game where he starts out with um, you know the regular claws, and then halfway through game uh, for the game, like in God of War 2018, when Kratos gets the the blades of chaos or whatever the yeah. uh, what are they called blades of chaos is that what they're called? Yeah. Correct. 
the Chains of Olympus. I can't remember. That, uh, who knows? That is that a different of, game? The Blades of Chaos. Yeah. yeah, I'd love it if like halfway through the game, like yeah, he gets this mad power up, and then he's like the same guy but different. Like that would be such a cool progression. I don't think they will do that. I don't think they will do a, a Weapon X retelling because we've had that a lot. The sure. X Men movies covered Weapon X more than it covered X Men stuff, and then there was an X Men Origins film as well. Like I feel like we've had a lot of that side of Wolverine. Um, and outside of, you know, they even did the Wolverine, the kind of samurai Wolverine story. I love um, I, I don't mind it. And I think it's the best we were ever going to get in terms of that story in a way. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, there's, I'm a, you. <laughs> there's a lot of Wolverine stories we've never touched. I yeah. would be very happy if this didn't look at the Weapon X program at all. <laughs> I would really like that. What if they adapt Death of Wolverine? What if they just adapt like the one where he dies and we get one Wolverine game and then he's just dead? That see that about, would be great. What about if it comes to the point where he actually starts aging, but then near the end in the third act of the game, your skill tree depletes and you lose some of the skills that you have and you're slower, yet you're getting older, your claws aren't as effective as they used to be. I'd I'd like I'd like to see that sort of spin on the game where because with most games, it's about your character always getting stronger and stronger. But what about if it's about the character getting weaker and weaker? That's that see, see, you, they need, they need to there, get there's a game they need to get idea for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, now you're making me want an old man Logan game. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like what? Like Wolverine and Hawkeye on a on a road trip across a barren America, getting chased by T Rex venom. I think like, you could like. I think you could take the old man Logan thing because there's like some stuff in that that's really good and there's some stuff that like hasn't aged well because that's a Mark Miller joint, right? So like there's some stuff because it's Mark Miller that hasn't aged well. But I think that if you had Insomniac going like, okay, let's take that old, the framework of old man Logan and let's make something mm. that's even better. That See, we're already yeah. making cooler games than this might end and, up being. <laughs> and like oh, old man Logan, Scott, you've got like Red Skull. Is it Maestro or is it just Old Hulk? I can't. I no, Maestro's just. Yeah, is Maestro dead at that point? I can't. I, I, I have been a while since it's I read it. Ages. But anyway, that 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 comment does a lot of cool stuff. So who knows what they'll pull from? Who knows who's playing Wolverine in this? But one thing I will say is I think that um uh obviously Sony are working with Insomniac, but Marvel are working closely with them, and there is synergy between the games and the uh, the movies. So this is a very good indication to me that the MCU is planting the seeds for Wolverine in the greater public consciousness. So totally. I think we're I think we're going to see something sooner rather than later. Yeah. I think there's a reason we're getting a Wolverine game. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next that we had Gran Turismo Seven coming out in March. Um, I don't have a lot to say. Looks beautiful. Looks great. Uh, Gran Turismo games aren't for me. Does anybody else like them? Um, I like Gran Turismo 3 on the PS2. I still play Ridge Racer Type 4 a lot to this day. I don't play a lot of racing games that much, um, but I, I know that GT7 is eagerly awaited. It's you know it's a very popular mm-hmm. racing game. I think it will get delayed. You know, Polyphony have got that sort of reputation. Um, yes, they do. <laughs> Uh, I, th- I think I think what I'd like to ask is, and uh, you know, I've, I don't, I've never played the Horizon games, but I know there was a lot of people asking, you know, is Gran Turismo Seven going to be an open world racer game? But um, 
we'll see. I, I'm I'm not too concerned with this game, but I think I think it if they've got March as the release date, I think it's coming out at the wrong time, especially for Sony when Horizon Forbidden West is coming out in February. Yeah. I just I, I just feel like we've we've already got stacked early 2022, and mm-hmm. you know Ragnarok. Uh, well, we've not even got onto that yet, but um, yeah, yeah, not for me, not for me. What about you, Bella? Racing fan, Gran Turismo fan? Yeah, can't <laughs> throw a red shell out of one of those cars. I'm not interested. If it's not burnout, I'm not interested. <laughs> yes, burnout. Burnout is the only like non Mario Kart game where I've got obsessed. Yeah, I put. Pl- I played a little bit of Gran Turismo on the PS4 because it came in my, uh, it came with it. So I was like, oh, "This is cool and it looks pretty," but um, I don't like the simulation side. Of- I don't, do you know, what oh, I don't okay. want in a racing game. I don't want to change gears. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that, like, that, <laughs> that's what I'm like. Do, like some people want that experience, and like I think that like for the people who like those type of games, it's going to be great. And that's like like yeah. a project, like yeah. a project Cars, right? Like Project Cars yeah. is a very impressive game. It's also a game that's very much not for me. I feel, re- I feel really bad because I remember going to EGX a few years ago and um, I waited in the queue with my friend to play uh, Gran Turismo Sport. You know, I was a bit bored by then and uh, they had the, the steering wheel and I couldn't steer properly because it had this false feedback and I was getting really stressed out, and I just stood up, and the PlayStation guy came up to me and said, oh, what did you think? And I went, I think this is fucking shit. I'm out of here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So I've not, I've, not, I've not played Gran Turismo since then. You just can't go back. You can't go back to that well. No. That. <laughs> no. Oh, no. wow. <laughs> Sorry, Sony. I didn't mean to upset your colleague there that day. But... Right, well... If you can't say anything nice, let's move on. Um, next up was... <laughs> it's too funny. I can't stop laughing. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> next up was another Insomniac reveal. Uh, we finally got confirmation that we obviously knew it was happening of Spider-Man 2. Um, this looked great. We saw Peter Parker, or at least what we know. We saw Miles Morales, and we also saw Venom. Um, hell yeah. I'm into this. We, we also, I think think saw some gameplay though it looked very polished that maybe could have been scripted that maybe could have been a cutscene stuff but sure. um yeah i think we saw peter in some sort of iron spider outfit um hell yeah i don't know how everyone else feels about i know some people didn't quite like spider-man uh, ps4 i think some people thought it was maybe a little bit too easy a little bit chat box um I personally think it's my favorite PS4 game and one of the better Spider-Man stories ever told outside of the comics. Oh, wow. I think it's incredible. Uh, I, I I think it's incredible and better than all of but one movie. Um, but 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 that's a different thing. So I'm really excited. I can't wait to return to this world. Um, yeah. What does everyone else think? Did everyone else play Spider-Man PS4? I did. Yeah. I played a um, bit of it. I didn't yeah. complete it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like almost hundred percent in it and kind of gave up. Um, mm. uh, I <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. So I love the mechanics of that game. I think it is the best feeling Spider-Man game that has ever been made. When you are playing that game, it's buttery smooth. You dig, jump off of something, you pull a trigger. Oh, I'm on that building. I feel like I'm Spider-Man. I did not care for the story. I, I don't like Dan. I don't like Dan Slot's Spider-Man stuff. I like his She-Hulk stuff. I like his early Spider-Man stuff. Um, okay. So it kind of did this thing where 
I felt like they were reintroducing me to a lot of stuff that I already knew, which is fair because that it's an introductory story. But it was all arranged in a way that I didn't find particularly interesting. That being said, the way that you get me interested in a new one, the way that you get me interested in a game that I was very kind of lukewarm on, the very end, you throw in my number one Marvel crush, Venom. At the very end, he's yeah. right there. I'm If I can play as Venom, if there's something like there's some symbiote Spidey stuff that leads into some Secret War stuff, that's how you get me interested in a new Spider-Man game. So I was sitting there kind of groaning. I was like, okay, they're making another Spider-Man. And then I heard Craven the Hunter, who I think that was Craven the Hunter, and they showed Venom. Seemed and I, like it, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay... This is stuff from these comics that I like. Let's see what they do with it. Um, how 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 about uh, how about you? I, I'm. I, I, I sorry. I'm very excited. I I I can I can see why some people don't like the Spider-Man story. I think that um, Doctor Octopus is like a beautifully tragic figure, hmm. which even having known these characters for however many decades, I felt like a loss in losing that Doctor Octopus. So, you know, uh, lo- losing that Otto to, like, actual evil felt like, oh my god, this is heartbreaking. Yeah. I think that Aunt May was perfect. Um, the Aunt May was incredible I, in that game. I yeah, love that story and I, arc. And I think the Mary Jane uh, relationship was incredible, and it was unfortunately really betrayed by the awful Mary Jane play uh, segments, which were, were why I don't think that game is a 10 out of 10. Um uh, it's so sad to me when we have a game like that and they're like, let's make you control the woman and let's make it the slowest, most boring part of the game and let's make it unskippable. Black that was like... Black cat. Uh, yeah, it was like, I feel like you're making people want to be annoyed at Mary Jane. I don't understand what you're doing here. She's a she's a smart... Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think this looks great. I think you're right. This looks, like, this looks like the right expansion to that world and those characters. And I'm interested to see how, um, if any of the previous characters survive, like if we do see uh, Green Goblin come in, if we do see that Otto come back in, um, how that works with Venom and a Craven, and what maybe what else we saw. Because like, yeah, they did they did a good job of making this the negative call. They did a good job of bringing a lot of like greater Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. And um, so I'm, I, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm intrigued too. I I think the one thing that permeates my mind, uh, and I, I know we got to move on, but the one thing that permeates my mind with this Marvel stuff, and I wanted to bring this up with Spider-Man specifically, like we had Wolverine, Guardians, Spider-Man. Was there another Marvel thing or are there just the three? Just, just three this evening. Right. Those are like three things owned by Disney. And it just makes me feel very weird. It's just like, I, I'm a big comic fan like you. I'm like y'all. And I, I'm sitting here going like, yes, comics. But also, Disney's really encroaching on this space in a lot of major ways that I don't really like. I just am going to try to not <laughs> think about that too hard. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's, it's annoying. We, I think we just have to try and think of it as like sometimes we're going to get games that are a good product of that relationship. Yes. Like we used to get the Castle of Illusions, we used to get our Aladdin's and the Mega Drive. Like you know, every now and again we are going to get some real artistic stuff out of this, and but also sometimes we're going to get bad Disney stuff that is a cash in. And also, it does feel a little bit soulless to support Disney. It does. I hate that I have Disney Plus, and I hate that I can't wait for the next episode of latest comic book show. But I can and i really enjoy them (laughs) that's how that's how they get that's how they get you and that's how like they still get me it's like i i i I trash talk the mcu all day i trash talk like the current state of marvel but there's a she-hulk show coming out i've wanted a she-hulk show for years and i have a disney Mm -hmm. subscription specifically so i can watch it so how what however disney gets their hooks in you however marvel gets their hooks in you 
they're doing a good job of giving the people who want what they want, like enough to keep them invested in it, at least in a tangential way. And, you know, yeah. to, 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 to their credit. And I, and I think as well, they're hiring the right people. Sure. I think, you know, as much as there is, uh, uh, I was going to say Bobby Kotick. What's his name? The Bob, the <sighs> Bob Iger or the, the head, the head Bob of Iger, Disney. Yeah. These, 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 these sorts of like proper like ghouls right at the background. When you go down a couple of levels, you have your Kevin Feige's. You have your people that do care about these IPs and are trying to make stories that are interesting. And I think they do hire at the right level. But at the end of the day, they all answer to corporate Disney. Um, which is, you know, they are putting the strings, so they're never going to do anything wild, but you are also maybe getting room for these these people that are telling the stories. Like, I'm interested in what this Ms. Marvel show is going to achieve. Uh, I, I am interested in, like, what we're going to see with with points of view from different creators. Um, so, who knows? Spider-Man 2, I don't think it's going to be a wild departure. I think it's going to be, make more money. It's on PS5. Um, but, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Jason, I want to hear box. your thoughts. Uh, like you, so you I, played a bit of the original. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't go back to it, but um, I, f- I think the only thing I can really add to what you guys have just said is, um, I, f- I think in ter- if you've got both of the Spider-Mans from what you can see in the trailer, I just wonder if there's going to be like a two-player element to this one, or is it going to be like a tag team chain attack? You know, is it going to be something they can do with the combat system if you've got both Spider-Mans on screen at once? Is there going to be some clever game design behind having those two Spider-Man characters? Um, that's what I'd be intrigued to know. What, how are Insomniac going to develop the gameplay further? Mm. How are they going to push uh, the gameplay further? You know, you, you, you know, they've worked wonders with stuff like you know, Rift Apart, you, you know, and using the SSD. I'm just really interested if this is a PS5 exclusive. How are they going to be able to use the architecture and those um, game? design tools to further push the envelope with the Spider-Man game and maybe help it earn that 10 out of 10. So yeah, look forward to seeing what they do. And especially after like Miles Morales was a smart evolution of the original mechanics, but it also felt like a different person had those powers. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see like, you know, has Peter changed? Has he developed? So yeah. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're all excited about that. Yeah. Um, and then we finished on the big boy. Uh, we finally got a gameplay uh, and, well, like any reveal, more than, a, more than a, a single logo or Corey Barrog hinting on Twitter towards God of War Ragnarok. Um, this looks like a very direct sequel to God of War 2018. Um, it looks cool. It looks to be answering a lot of the things that were heavily seeded in God of War. Hints towards Thor, hints towards Ragnarok itself, hints towards more Norse gods. Um I think God of War 2018 is very nearly a masterpiece. Um, I, but I, I, I'm, I don't know how everyone else feels. I felt a little bit underwhelmed by this trailer. This looked like this looked like God of War 2018 to me, um, which is fine. <sighs> you know, but wrong. I, but I was really expecting it to either visually or mechanically mm-hmm. stand apart. This looked like it could have been DLC in my head, and I feel bad saying that because I, I'm sure there's so much going into it. And I'm sure we're just seeing the beginning. I'm sure we're just seeing maybe the first couple of hours. Um, but as a as a reveal trailer, I'm not sold. I'm really sorry, but I'm not. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm not the biggest God of War fan. I've not played all of the original games. I played God of War 2 uh, when I first bought the PS3. Um, I, I think I played a bit of God of War 3, but 
I got God of War 2018 and I was heavily invested in the game. I spent 80 hours on it. You know, I did everything that I could do. And obviously, you know, I wanted more. And there were some areas of the game, um, if you if you guys have played it, that uh, are still locked. Other worlds that, or realms that you couldn't go to. So I was thinking, is there going to be DLC? Is this going to be saved for the sequel? And... Um, you know, we've obviously been eagerly awaiting, you know, some gameplay and footage of God of War Ragnarok for a long time. And when I saw the footage rolling, I, f- I felt like I could see reused assets and areas from the 2018 game. It looked like a PS4 game to me. Not, And this is not to disrespect it at all. I, I just think there's been this massive weight of expectation and hype that, you know, we've obviously gone in there thinking, you know, the graphics going to look superior to the 2018 version and it's obviously a cross-gen game but um there was some footage of forbidden west straight after this where you could tell the graphics on that sequel far exceed the original horizon and i was kind of expecting that graphical leap with this but that's not obviously what we're truly here for we're here for a true god of war sequel so there lies the concern. Is this an expansion? Because I've heard it's 40 hours long. I heard it's shorter than the 2018 version. Is it an expansion? Does it carry over your skill set from the original game? Is it, Yeah, mm-hmm. is it an expansion? Is it a true sequel? I'm here for the story. That's what counts. But yeah, um, I was expecting a true evolution of what is considered a modern masterpiece. But at the end yeah. of the day, um, I'll just be happy if it just plays the same. But yeah, I did feel like I wanted more. And I get the feeling you guys felt the same way as me. Yeah. So <clears throat> if, if I may. Um, of course. So I, ha- I think I have like a slightly different relationship with God of War. I, I really liked the old ones when I was like a, when I was a teenager. So I played all of them. Yeah. Um, and I was like really into them. And as I got older, they stopped appealing to me as much because there's like you start noticing little cracks there, right? Like, I played God of War 3, and I was like, the way you solve this puzzle is just picking up an innocent woman and killing her for no reason. And it's like, that's weird. That's, that's, I get that he's Kratos. I get that he's the God of War. But, like, it's it, it's yeah. a weird moment. And so, when we got to God of War 2018, and see, this is the part where I say I'm really sorry if I offend anyone. Uh, God of War 2018 is, like, one of my least favorite games that was made last generation. I, I was left, like... Like, super unimpressed, I think, by the narrative. I think that it was kind of a... It was kind of a tale that I had heard before in a lot of other mediums. Um, And additionally, I don't necessarily think it expanded and made Kratos the deep character that I wanted him to be. It instead made him a character who did some bad things and felt real bad about it, but he's trying to be a good dad. So that makes him, like, more redeemable. And while it was Mm -hmm. doing that... It kind of sidelined all all of its very few female characters. And that's usually not something like... I'm not one of those people that is make or break. This game has bad female characterization, so it's bad. Because if I believed that, then there's a lot of good games I would ignore. But I think for a game to be so preoccupied in dealing with parental struggles, I think that that game... And I'm not the first person to say this, but I think that game never really gave a lot of credence to the idea of the a positive maternal. And I think it really failed on that front. Um, I, I, I didn't really enjoy it. So looking at this trailer, what I saw was kind of exactly what y'all saw, but through a lesser prism, because I was like, well, I didn't love the 2018 one, 
But there's some stuff in here that even looks like him, like, ripping down that door with the chains. I'm like, that's just a that's just a part from God of War, like, the originals. And so I'm getting a more action-heavy, like, we're going back to the original style of action gameplay as opposed to the stripped-down thing they were marketing 2018 with. And that kind of fell flat for me. So, yeah, the trailer fell flat for me. I would like this game to impress me. I would like for a God of War to exist. But I'm like, yes, I I, I get the vision and I'm, I'm on board with it. But this trailer did nothing for me. Um, but, you know, I will say, like, wow graphic. Like, I, I yeah. it looks expensive. I don't necessarily think it has a good art direction, but it looks expensive. And expensive graphics really work with me sometimes. And I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like, yeah, like... Mm. I, I could see myself getting very stoned and putting this game on and playing it for five hours and going like, yeah. oh my god, I just killed a Norse creature. Like, I could see that happening. I think it's a game that was enhanced by both the graphics and the scale of the bosses. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think Boss. one of the later fights on the giant is incredible. I think the the fight with the dragon on the cliff is, uh, on the mountain is, is you know, the scale they do is so good. Yeah, I, that was my favorite part of the game. Yeah, I do think you're very right. I think that was my main issue with the game was like, they finally took, they finally took the moment to make Kratos this character that maybe could learn something. And you're right. They immediately killed any female influence again. Um, this character is not only silent, but they're dead. They don't get to say anything. They've got no influence. You can feel the influence the mother had and you can feel the love they had towards the mother. Um, but like the one female character, God, what's her name? That God, um, the witch who lives under the turtle. It's very telling um, that we can't remember her name off the top of her head. I yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I spent six months with this game and I can't remember but it, her name. But again, it, 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 it felt like, you know, that that was just a character that was dipping in and out. It, it still feels like this, this series has tried to mature in kind of a dude bro chud way. As opposed to like, let's actually mature these characters. Let's actually grow them. Because I don't yeah. think Kratos has learned anything. Right. And that's what stuck with me. I think, yeah, I mean, you guys are coming at this really from a narrative view, but I, 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 I mean, I was looking at more of the gameplay just <laughs> as another, just another, another perspective on things. Uh, totally. After the time of, after 80 hours of playing, you know, the 2018 game, I was a bit gassed out, you know, I'd, I'd explored every aspect and facet of the combat system. I thought it was a very good combat system, but it, I felt like after 80 hours, I'd had enough of it and I didn't need to go back to it. But what I wanted to see today was an evolution of those gameplay mechanics and that combat system. I just felt like what I saw was just the same as before. But yeah. I'm... It, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I know I'm going to love the game when it comes out. I'm going to play it. Um, I, I think, it I, think I was just expecting more. I just wanted to see something more. Yeah. You, you, you know. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm. I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is a, this was a tease, and I and I think you might be right, Jason. I think we. I think this was probably originally. Uh, uh, I think this may have had the same fate that uh, Miles Morales had. Uh, with a different timeline where this was meant to be DLC. Sony were like, we're bringing the PS5 out. Can you make this a PS5 game? Um, and whilst Insomniac nailed that and made a standalone game that tells a smaller story that is really impressive, I think this game feels like it's been yanked over a, a, an arbitrary line and pulled up to something it maybe was never going to live up to, as opposed sure. to being something built from the ground up to be more spectacular. Um, but, you know, this this game is 
probably at least a year away from finishing development. I'm sure it's going to look better, yeah. and I am sure we haven't seen even a fraction of what that game's going to offer. Yeah, and my hope is that all of my complaints, like, there's there's a lot of really good, well-documented crit. There's this really amazing piece by Dia Lucina called In God of War, Moms Come Last. It was put on Vice a few years ago before, like, when they came yeah. out. And it, it it blew my mind. It's it's my single favorite piece of games crit that has ever been written. And I I think that if there's crit like that out there, that there is a chance that writers might go like, okay, that's fair. Let's see if we can improve our product. And my hope is yeah. that the feedback, even as as harsh as some people might have taken any kind of feedback towards that game, I hope that it can all be used in service of making something that is better. Because I, at the end of the day, yeah, I'm cynical, but I like games. And if a game is good, then I'm going to like it because I like games. <laughs> and like we know Sony Santa Monica have been hiring more female writers as well. Yes. At the very, at the very least, we know Alana Pierce is a writer on this. Um, like, so I think they, I think they're at least taking the active steps towards like, cool, let's not only evolve this, this game, but let's evolve this studio. And I, and I, and I, I yeah, I hope we're right. And I hope we see something. Absolutely. Um, so, so we did see a tease towards Thor. We lost, we at least saw his, th- uh, his hammer, though Thor was kind of teased towards the end of God of War. Uh, we saw Tia, the Norse God of War, who was mentioned a lot in the, in the original 2018 God of War. So that was really cool. Um, we heard mentions of Odin, and we also found out that Cory Balrog is actually not directing this, yeah. uh, because he's off directing a different game that I think we all kind of know is a sci-fi game. He's making some sort of spacey thing. I don't know, but good for you, Cory. You do you. Thing. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do. <laughs> It feels weird to me that they're doing another game kind of dipping into Norse mythology, even though they kind of did it in the last one. Whereas I'm like, not not that I want like Kratos to go against and battle Jesus, but I'd like like uh, <laughs> I do. I don't I, I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> I I'd love like an Egyptian god of war, you know, something like that. Like uh that that feels really like a what well, to be fair, that feels like the next step to me after this story. And um, but yeah, I again I don't know how much mileage I'm gonna get out of just another sort of um Norse game. There's so many of them. Like I don't want to devalue anyone's artistic efforts, but I'm gonna be real with you. There's like a there's like three Norse games announced at every press conference, and all like a lot of them look the same to me. And like that is because yep. they're drawing from a lot of similar they're drawing from the same place, right? And so the all the games come out and they can have radically different teams who worked on them. You're like it's one of those Norse games. It's a Norse yep. game. And I like we Norse just mythology had... just fine. Just just fine. Yeah. But Yeah. <laughs> we just had Valhalla, which by all intents and purposes was a success as well. Yeah. And so yeah, I don't know. I I, I, money, I think right? <laughs> Yeah. I think it needs to do something different and we're yet to see that. They yeah. they alluded that this was the finale of the Norse saga of God you know, God of War mm. twenty eighteen. I just have a feeling that you know, when you got to the end of the game, you obviously get to that part where you see four, and obviously, you know, you've got that climax. You know, with with the with Atreus, I, I just I, I have a feeling that this game might actually have been that planned DLC, like we've alluded to, expanded out, and we might be getting a forty-hour game, which is just a conclusion to that bigger story. Mm-hmm. Mm. But padded out, perhaps. So yeah, I have a feeling that maybe God of War twenty eighteen could have originally been a longer game, 
but they thought, well, we could actually make this shorter. Let's just cut maybe, I don't know, 20%, 30% off at the end and make this into a separate game. Uh, I mean, this is what happened with uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. You know, the game was split in half. Speaking of Eidos um, Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, that's a conversation for another day. I, I go off on a lot of tangents here. No, no, I, 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 I agree with you there. I'm I just trying to make, yeah, I'm trying to make a point. I'm not always good with words, but I'm... No, no, I, 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 think, you're, I, I think you're right on the money. And I think that it's very, very smart of Sony to go, wait a second, we don't have to release a DLC. I, we we can release the first one for sixty dollars and then charge seventy for the next one, even though it's shorter. I, I feel like that's absolutely gonna be what happens, yeah. and I'm very much looking forward mm. to I, I'm looking for A, I hope it's good for people who are excited for it. But B, yeah. if it's seventy dollars and it's kind of low-key mid, I will be very excited to see what the conversation around that game is. Yeah. But I yeah. think there's something I think there's something to be said for somebody at Sony um maybe tempering ambitions and just being like you know you, you don't need to do everything in this entry because to me god of war 2018 felt like a complete game um and i i think we are i think we are onto something that there was ideas of this being a dlc or something like that um but i have never felt slighted by god of war 2018 that feels like that feels like everything i wanted from that game i felt so- like it was an incomplete game although i felt complete after playing it you know i, was, I, I did everything it felt it was a huge game it felt incomplete but obviously, it was a teaser. The ending was a teaser for what's to come, which is Ragnarok. Mm. And yeah. this is obviously the conclusion, but we'll see. I, f- I felt as soon as you get up to the top of the mountain, yeah. N- yeah. No, no massive God of War spoilers in case anybody wants to play that game for 2018. Um, that felt like the emotional resolution that I wanted. And it did feel like the end of that journey. Um, you know, obviously, there's still a little bit of stuff after that, but I still feel like that game achieved what it said from the very beginning it was going to do yeah yeah i i I think that like the ending was a really good capitulation of a lot of the stylistic choices like i think that you have the single camera thing and like i won't give away the ending for anyone who hasn't played it but like for as someone who didn't like the game going to the end of it and going like oh this is the conclusion this doesn't feel like a typical triple a video game ending it's like it's just like we reached the end of the story and now it's over. And now if you want to go do the rest of the stuff, go ahead. And <laughs> I, I was genuinely surprised by that. I was like, that's really cool. That's really neat that you just kind of segued into that. And that, that impressed me a lot. So if there's more stylistic flourishes like that in the next one, that would also be really cool. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows when that's going to, I don't think they've got anything. I think they've said it's 2023, but. Um, who they said twenty. They, I think they said twenty-two, but um, I'm I'm all for it if it is twenty-three. You know, uh, yeah. The more time they spend on it, the better, I guess. Right. Well, it's getting late. Let's wrap up. We we've gone through absolutely everything announced, and uh, I want everyone to go around and give it a little score out of ten, and tell me what you thought of the the presentation. Who wants to go first? Because I I need a moment to collect my thoughts. Y'all go first. Go on, go, go on, on Jason. Better. Go on, Bella. Okay, Please. okay, I'll do it. I'm Go on, on the spot. I know I'm going to do it. Uh, All right, like, Bella. Probably, probably like a six out of ten, specifically because... No, let's, 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 let's go five, because half of it was just kind of like pretty mid for me, not stuff that I'm very interested in, a lot of like graphical showcases. But then that, that the five, the thing that got it to squarely in the middle... You, you, you had those smaller games. You also had like Ghostwire Tokyo, which I'm looking forward to. Like, I'm, you know, I, I'm gonna admit it. I'm excited for the Alan Wake remake. Very excited. So 
it, it was very mid for me, but the stuff that worked really worked. Let's put it that way. So yeah, f- five out of ten for me. How about y'all? Um, I'm I'm gonna say a six out of ten. Um, I felt a bit deflated throughout parts of it. Um, I really like Project Eve, uh, Forspoken. Uh, the games that interested my own tastes anyway. Um, I felt there was a, a lot of stuff that's been regurgitated that we've seen many, many times before. Um, I think Sony did a good job of planning out the, the presentation and the structure of it. You know, they left what uh, they considered the heavy banners for the end, you know, the PlayStation Studio stuff. So it had a good climax. I was really glad to see God of War at the end there. Um, but yeah, I, was, I think I think there's probably going to be a lot of people that are expecting more. I think there's a lot of people expecting Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill, a lot of those dream scenarios, those dream remakes yeah. and remasters. Um, I think people, dream. yeah, but it is what it is, and there's plenty to look forward to and play in the foreseeable future. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I am probably right along the same lines as you, Jason. I think I'm at a six. Um, the highs were high, the lows were low. I think there were some real like pacing issues with this. Because at the beginning, I was like, this is great. They're doing announcement, they're doing announcement, they're doing announcement. And it seemed to be moving. Um, and then we had like GTA 5, we had Deathloop, we had stuff that we just don't need to see. Um, but I think it did a good job showcasing some new games. I think it did a good job um, showcasing games that we already kind of knew about, but in new ways to make us interested. And also, it had a couple of big megaton, hey, in some next megaton Wolverine game. Like, you know, it had a couple of cool moments. But, um, totally. but yeah, but, st- but stuff like Uncharted 4 coming to PS5 and PC, that could have been a press release. That that could have been skipped from today. So, Just uh, yeah, I... I think I'd agree with a six. If if um, Ragnarok had looked a bit better, I think I would have been, you know, really up there. But yeah, this this was this was a high, a big big highs, big lows for me, unfortunately. Mm. But I do really want to commend that at the very least, this style of presentation I thought was really good. Um, Keep it coming mm, like that, honestly. Yeah, especially after we've seen some recent ones from Xbox specifically um, that have really dragged on, where we've had like hu- these huge things, especially like the um, Jeff Keighley's like, Game Awards shows as well, where he's just brought people on to chat about setting up a game studio for half an hour before revealing a trailer for 30 seconds to chat to someone else for half an hour. It feels like someone somewhere in the games industry doesn't understand what pace is or what people watch, and they keep getting hired. And it is really baffling me. So I'm glad that somebody today with a pulse actually edited this and was like, no, people will get bored. (laughs) Like, like, I think that like, and I, I, this is because I am a big, like Nintendo in terms of the big three is like always been my number one. Nintendo figured this out like a decade ago. You put, Mm -hmm. you put, they've messed up sometimes, but you put the trailers in an order, you put the order on the internet and people watch it and they get excited. It's very simple. And I like PlayStation has fumbled this a few times, but like for all of my misgivings about my own personal detachment for most of it, the fact remains, this is how you present this stuff because you sit down for 30 minutes. You're like, there's the video games. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm buying this or I'm not buying this, or I'm going to be going to Twitter and be snarky about it. Exactly. And also like Nintendo do the treehouse afterwards. So they're like, hey, we're going to spend three hours explaining this one move from Metroid tomorrow. And if you want to watch that, we're going to really get into it. And if you don't, don't. 
Like, awesome. yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, but to be fair, PlayStation did do that today. They did the, um, yes. the little presentation afterwards with Herman Holst, I want to say that's his name. Herman um, where they did, yeah. yeah, where they did talk to Corey Balrog and certain people from Sony Santa Monica. Um, so like, good on them. They did kind of do that. And I appreciate that. Um, awesome. Well, that was today's PlayStation showcase. Uh, and this was Coltcast episode seven. Thank you so much for everyone for listening. Uh, and thank you so much to both of my lovely guests. It was really lovely to chat to you both this evening. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> for all of our new listeners, because I'm sure by the time this goes out, oh my God, we're going to have so many new people on Steady. I'm a little bit nervous. Me too. I'm, genuine. I'm extremely nervous. <laughs> yeah. All, all of you new Steady listeners, please be nice to us. We're, <laughs> we were a, we're, a t- <laughs> we're a tiny team and then we had a hugely successful Kickstarter and now we're like, oh my God, people are looking at us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I hope you will enjoy your content, but that doesn't mean we're above uh, reviews or anything like that. Give us ideas of things you want in the future. Absolutely. We are still quite a collaborative team, and we also want to build and develop this brand with the people who enjoy the things that we enjoy. Um, but welcome, all of the new listeners. Thank you for listening. Uh, and one thing I would uh, like to point people towards is the most recent Tangent episode, which was all on um, Stephen King. Who who was on that? It was Ben, wasn't it? It was... Um, uh, I I missed that one, I because I'm not a massive Stephen King fan, but quite Andrew. a few of our team were on it. Yeah, Andrew, and, yes, Andrew. The, Andrew uh, was on it. I believe John was on it on that one too, right? Amazing. Yeah. Yes, and we do have quite a few episodes of the podcast already available, so you can go back and listen to those. Uh, and also, if you've just got access to our Steady, you've also just got access to a load of our content, which has been made specifically for Steady. This is not mm-hmm. things pulled out of Lock On Journal One or Two uh, to put online. This is stuff that we're writing separately, which is just for you guys, as well as all the Lock On stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working really hard to get a lot of quality content for uh, everyone who cares about our brand. And that's, um, I hope everyone enjoys it. And I hope everyone uh, really likes it because yeah, we, we do care. We care about games. That's why we're working so hard. And uh, I think I'm really proud of what the team's doing. I, I'm really impressed. I, I am too. Like I, I've been reviewing games since 2010 and I've been in the games industry since like 2016. And I, this is the first time I think that I am looking at this outlet. I am looking at this platform and I, I sat down, I finished my first big essay for Steady over the last week. And I was like, I know that I have a team of editors that are going to understand where I'm coming from. I understand that they're going to give me feedback that is like honest and helpful. And they are going to help support this voice, like my voice that is a bit uncouth and a bit different than like traditional, like so-and-so explained like games media stuff that I was so used to doing. And I'm very happy as a writer and I feel very creatively fulfilled to be doing stuff here. So, and I'm just one of, I'm just one of the writers. There's so many greats. There's so many great writers on the site. There's so much great stuff and you should all go read it. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, and without spilling the beans too much, we have a lot of really good uh, collaborators already lined up for issue three and four. Oh my god, (laughs) it makes me (laughs) sick that it makes me sick in our chat that people keep asking questions about four, and I'm like, I thought we're on two. (laughs) But it's it's full steam ahead. Here we are. I've 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 seen what's coming, and it's a storm is coming. Uh, Winter is well, winter's coming, but a storm is coming. Yeah, I don't know how you're sleeping at the moment, Jason. <laughs> Sleep? <laughs> Sleep is for the week. <laughs> no, I'll be up till 2am tonight, probably, and then up at 6 or 7 for work. And I'm proud of you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've, I've still got to get. Well, still, we've still got to get volume two uh, put together and posted out to people. You know, uh, yeah. There. There's a lot of work that goes into this. You know, it's it's not all the fairies. There's a lot of work that goes into this, and I'm very proud to be part of this uh, very eccentric uh, uh, collective, yeah. if we will. If I may, y'all kick ass, and this whole team kicks ass, <laughs> and we're gonna keep kicking ass together. Thank you very much, Bella. It's it's an honour to work with everyone on this team, and I'm really happy that it's brought so many of us together. Right, let's stop giving each, giving each other big smooches on the internet. Everyone, <laughs> listening, everyone listening to this is is probably sick of this by now. Um, so yeah, I f- I forgot people were listening to this for a minute. Thanks again to everyone for tuning in. This was episode seven of the Cultcast, all about PlayStation, and I'm sure we'll have many more episodes with you soon to talk about some very other interesting topics. We talked earlier about a tangent episode on Evangelion. I'm going to chase that up. I um, would be into that. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, take care and keep your eyes out on new Lost and Cult stuff coming up in the future. It'll be happening sooner than you think. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.